HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Welcome to Let's Get Real on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Erica Weitz. Do you remember that? Do you recognize it? Of course you do. I'm sure you watched as much TV as a kid as I did. We all watched too much TV. It was Schoolhouse Rock. Knowledge is power. Funny thing is that the first line of that is, as your body grows bigger. I'm sure they were talking about actual growth, but we'll get to that in a minute. So... Knowledge is power, the more you know, and all that. Brought to you by Schoolhouse Rocky, the chip off the block. He was telling us that. Learn, learn. The more you learn, the more you know, the more powerful you'll be. Really, Rocky? Is it really that way? Sure, with, you know, basic grammar and math and science and evolution and American history, assuming you're not in the Tea Party, and how government works, or actually, you know, Theoretically works, but doesn't work anymore. With a lot of that kind of stuff, the more you know, the better, really. Knowledge is power. But is it that way with food? Is knowledge about the food you're being fed necessarily actually empowering? I actually think too much knowledge is paralyzing. Knowing too much is making my head hurt and spin and makes me freeze up in a vortex of indecision. I've decided that I'm going to purge myself of all food knowledge starting now. Like a bulimic. I'm going to toss it all up. I'm flushing it away in a furtive trip to the high school girls' room after lunch. I have had it with being so educated. From now on, it's Pringles and Gatorade for me. Maybe a power bar if I'm going to the gym, or maybe a quick hit of Snooky's Marshmallow Vodka. Don't believe me? You think that I might be, that it might be better or at least easier to live this way? 
Well, let me give you a little example of what it's like to be me, what it's like inside of my head. Let's, let's take a little peep into my personal knowledge can be very disempowering rabbit hole. Okay. So last week I had lunch with my friend, Kristen Wartman, who's been on this show. And Kristen is a food writer and nutritionist, but I hate that word nutritionist because she's not in the like, she's not a nutritionist in the, in the horrible kind of mainstream USDA pyramid bullshit today show kind of nutritionist way. Not that there's anything wrong with the today show. If you would like to have me on as a guest, I would happily oblige, but she's a nutritionist in the very progressive eat butter and chicken fat and real food only kind of way. My kind of way, very progressive nutrition kind of way. Anyway, we went out to lunch, went to this really nice place that I like to go. And, you know, they do a lot of local and earth to table and all that crap. And the menu came and there was like a lunch prefix, $21, my kind of price. So the choices were hanger steak, some kind of pork thing or salmon. Not so interesting. Now, I didn't really want the hanger steak because I don't really eat a lot of red meat especially not at lunch. And the pork, it said heritage pork, and I support that, of course, but same thing, meat at lunch. So I was like, okay, maybe salmon. I don't really eat salmon, especially if it's farm salmon. What kind of salmon? The waiter came, and I said, what is this salmon? It was called like lach something. I think lach duarte, lach something, although duarte sounds Spanish, and lachs come from Scotland, so I don't know. But And he proceeds to say, well, it's farmed but it's farmed in a really good way it's like super progressive farming where it's like super clean and they don't pollute and it's basically almost as good as wild salmon but it's farmed and I was like okay but it's farmed he's like well yes but it's very good farming I said okay but what are they feeding the salmon he's like I'm not sure but they came here and told us about it and it's all really good I said so it's farmed and he's like well it's farmed but it's from La Norte. I was like, all right, dude, I'll have the salmon, finally. I was just beaten down. I couldn't make a decision. I was, like, totally stuck. Now, of course, there was a whole other menu of stuff I could have ordered from, and Kristen finally just gave up and ordered a big salad, which I should have done also. But, you know, I, I love a deal. I'm very thrifty, as you know, and I couldn't pass up this lunch prefix because it came with a glass of wine, and... I wanted to feel like it was Mad Men and I could drink during the day, which, of course, was stupid because it gave me a headache. But I could not decide what to eat because everything on the menu set off this chain reaction in my head of spinning, 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 crazy, hyper knowledge, too much knowing about food. What am I going to do? Vortex down my own personal rabbit hole. And it's because I'm stuck. I am stuck. My hard drive is full and it's starting to crash like an old Windows PC. I have too much information and I can't sort it out anymore. I'm at the point where there are about maybe 10 foods that I'll eat and not have this constant stream of thought going through my head. Is this safe? Is it sustainable? Where's it from? Should I be eating any grain? Should I be eating this grain? Should I be a vegetarian? Should I eat meat? What about paleo? What's that about? Should I stop eating wheat? Should I eat dairy or no dairy? Calcium for milk? Well, that's what they've always told me I should get, but but is that just the dairy industry talking? I mean, in Asia, they don't drink milk and they don't have osteoporosis. They get their calcium from greens and tofu, but soy is bad for me, right? Because the phytoestrogens. And if I drink milk, should I only drink raw milk? But where am I going to get it? And is it going to keep long enough without going bad? And what if I get sick from it? And what about organic milk? Well, yeah, but does that mean anything anymore? I mean, organic standards have been totally corrupted. I mean, maybe the vegans are right. No, 
I read that book about traditional diets that said meat is better, but only game or grass fed. So what about venison? I like venison, but venison's all farmed. Is that okay? Where did I put that book that I read that about? Did I give that to my sister? She never gives that stuff back to me. So what about the deer? Are they eating grass or are they eating grain? Is the grass sprayed? Is the grain sprayed? Is the grass organic? Are frozen vegetables really more nutritious than fresh? But they have a bigger carbon footprint, so is that okay? And what about my sardines? I always eat them, and I tell people to eat them, but now they're poisoned with mercury, too, and I just did a show where I told people to eat sardines. So now what? And what about quinoa? I eat that every day for breakfast. It's good for me, right? But it's bad for those Bolivian farmers who can't afford to eat it anymore because of the global demand. So what about them? What about fermented foods? Aren't I supposed to be eating fermented stuff? I need to be eating that every day, too. How do I fit that in? I got to ferment something. And what about fruit? Am I eating the wrong fruit? Am I supposed to eat tropicals? No tropicals? Too much sugar? What about frozen blueberries? Are they okay? And why do 5 billion Asian people eat rice every day and they're thin, but it makes me gain weight? And why is there no organic Greek yogurt? I think I have to start making my own. Maybe we need to get a goat. Well, we don't really have the space for a goat. Should we start looking for more land? Will the goat get along with my bees? But then when we're driving to see the goat, we're going to burn more gas getting there and I'm going to have a bigger carbon footprint. And is it better to buy goat's milk and just make my own Greek yogurt? And where did I put my phone? Am I tweeting enough? Spinning, 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 down, 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 down the other rabbit hole, the less talked about rabbit hole. There's the rabbit hole that I talk about here on Let's Get Real, that you fall down when you don't know anything and you happily get your omega-3s from cookies and wash it down with zero-calorie sports drinks and have completely forgotten that omega-3s actually only come from fish and water already has zero calories. And there's the one you can fall down when you know too much. You'll find a morbidly obese Alice who can't get out of bed in the foodiness rabbit hole. In the other rabbit hole, you'll find me sitting at a fabulous restaurant in Manhattan with my friend Kristen unable to just order lunch while half the world is starving because there's no lunch for them to order. Why? Because I'm paralyzed by indecision and can only eat like 10 different foods. Knowledge, I've decided, is not power. It's paralysis. And you know what? There's now a diagnosis for this. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Here in the good old U.S. of A., the land of plenty and bounty and opportunity, we have an unofficial diagnosis of a mental disorder for practically anything. There's Facebook depression for people who are depressed at how fabulous everyone else's life appears to be while they're at home alone updating their Facebook status. There's video game addiction syndrome where young Japanese men stay in their rooms and they never, ever, ever leave their house for any reason and all they do is play video games. And for people like me who become obsessed with avoiding foods that they perceive to be unhealthy or unrighteous, it's called orthorexia nervosa. Now, it's different than other eating disorders like anorexia nervosa or bulimia nervosa, which are solely about quantity of food consumed. This one is about purity and quality and righteousness or self-righteousness. And unlike anorexia or bulimia, where there's a lot of shame and hiding around, orthorexia is actually an eating disorder you can be proud of, since it gives you two ways to feel superior. Like certs. Remember certs? Two mints in one. This is two paths to smugness in one easy disease. 
number one is being that you are so evolved and so in control and so fucking knowledgeable that you are a supreme being and have evolved beyond actually wanting most food because your system is so pure that it only runs on the most premium fuel. And number two, you'll get very, very thin because you're only ingesting almonds and raw fermented local kale and are therefore starving. Being thin makes us feel smug. It's our way of saying, look how evolved I am. I don't need food. And superior to all the potato people that I have to squeeze in next to on the subway. If I rode the subway, which I don't because I ride my bike everywhere now, the wrong way up one-way streets without a helmet to make a statement about how superior bicyclists are. Until, of course, they get smeared across 6th Avenue by a garbage truck, but they died thin, and that was the point. This is so much a product of our ridiculously easy, overfed, indulged Western lives that it's almost comical. Can you imagine a little kid in sub-Saharan Africa grabbing their bucket of rice from the UN relief plane that's just landed and inspecting it and thinking, is this rice GMO? Maybe I'm better off starving than eating it in case it's sprayed or it's not whole grain rice. It's okay. I can lose a few more pounds. You can't count every single rib on my body yet. And anyway, that rice just flew thousands of miles to get here, and I only eat locally grown rice. Just because we've had a drought and famine for 50 years doesn't mean we should compromise our standards and let the food industry and agribusiness tell us what to do. You go, girl. You don't let big food tell you what to do. Fight the power. If you have the energy to lift up your arms from your tiny, stick-like, emaciated body to do so, you look pretty weak, actually. Maybe you need a power bar. We're going to take a short break when we come back. More about knowledge being paralysis. Hey, man, what's the rush? Slow down, don't go. Enjoy the taste. You can add pounds from all that haste. Don't swallow whole. Please chew each bite. Will to food will die just right. Chew, 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 chew. That's it. Nice and easy. Chew, 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 chew. Slow food. Welcome back to Let's Get Real. I'm Erica Wise, your host. This is the Heritage Radio Network, by the way. And you can find Let's Get Real on heritageradionetwork.com. Of course, you can also go to letsgetrealshow.com. And now you can watch the video version, the pilot video version of the Let's Get Real TV show on letsgetreal.com slash watch. Please check it out. It's pretty funny i must say myself you can also always follow me on twitter at let's get real show and you can find me on facebook too i'm always there also so you have no excuses okay anyway back to america we were in africa there for a minute let's get back back to america and all that we stand for and all the brilliance that we produce Now, I know a lot of this powerlessness and paralysis you're beginning to feel also from listening to Let's Get Real is all my fault. I take the blame myself and all my liberal, miserable cronies, all of us Heritage Radio people and NPR people and PBS and Jon Stewart types telling you all the horrible, depressing things about your world and your food and the government and everything else that's bad. It's enough to make you vote for Romney. It's the curse of being given actual information, not made up illusions. 
Liberals, like myself, want to give you the information, and we hope that you'll use it to make decisions, informed, rational decisions, like, do I cook and eat real brown rice, or do I eat an Uncle Ben's frozen rice bowl? Or, do I eat a real apple, or do I eat an apple gusher? Real brown rice and apples are for the liberal elite, while Uncle Ben's frozen rice bowls with microwavable gravy and apple gushers are food from the heartland. The heartland. This is why liberals are seen as fey and weak, and conservatives aren't. They have the strength of their convictions behind them, propping them up like a flagpole up their ass. It's like Reagan, who actually believed that his Star Wars, Star Wars missile defense system that he had dreamed up was actually in place and functioning. He was so confident in his convictions. Not like us, the hand-wringing, over-intellectualizing, Talmudic, scholar-like, constantly questioning Walter, Walter Mondale style of liberal. That's why I can't get anything done, you know, because I always question my every action. Now, as you've listened to Let's Get Real these past few months and have become more and more disabused of your food illusions, you're probably starting to feel the same paralysis as me, too. And I'm really sorry for that. But you do know that I'm doing this for your own good, right? It hurts me more than it hurts you. Actually, I'm sure it does hurt you more than it hurts me, but I've got a show to produce, and I have to get on Comedy Central or on Amy Poehler's new YouTube channel. I mean, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it because I want to be rich and famous and have enough money from Let's Get Real to have a field of goats if I want to. But I also do it because I love you, like any star loves her fans. Foodiness Reeducation Camp isn't always a fun place to go to, but it's where we will all go together eventually, if I have my way. And for the next 15 minutes or so, I still have my way because it's my show. So I'm going to reference The Matrix again. You know how I love to reference The Matrix. So let's do it again, shall we? That paralysis that you feel is like in the film, The Matrix, when... That guy who had left the Matrix decided he was over living in the squalor of the real world and eating mush and playing third fiddle to then A-lister Keanu Reeves and understandably decides he hates being awake to the cold, hard realities of life outside the program and that he wants to go back in it and go back to sleep. And if you recall the film, you'll remember when he has a meeting with Agent Smith to arrange being put back to sleep in exchange for giving up information about where the people who've escaped the Matrix are and where Zion is and will he be cast in the sequel and all of that, they have their meeting in the illusion of a fancy restaurant and the guy is eating a steak. And he lifts a piece of steak up to his mouth and he says something like, I know this isn't real. I know it's a program, but I don't want to know anymore. I just want to believe it's steak again. And then he takes a bite and he says, ignorance is bliss. Or in the book, A Wrinkle in Time. Remember that one from junior high? You probably, you probably read that one right around the time you stopped watching Schoolhouse Rock. Unless you're me and you still watch Schoolhouse Rock. Well, it may have been over your head at the time, but here's the refresher scene. When the kids from A Wrinkle in Time wind up on the planet where everyone has been put to sleep by a giant brain, they confront a spokesperson for the super master society brain who then offers to feed them. Out comes a table with a beautiful white tablecloth and those pewter serving trays and what looks to the eye like a turkey and dressing dinner. 
But having not been programmed yet by the super brain, the youngest of them tastes it and realizes that it just tastes like sand. But if you go to sleep and let the super brain control you, it tastes just like turkey and dressing. And then when the youngest chooses to be programmed by the brain, he tries it again and exclaims that it's the most delicious turkey and dressing of all time. We don't want to go there, do we? Back to the Matrix, back to eating sand, back to stealing plot lines for 90 sci-fi films from 1960s children's fantasy books? No, we don't. Knowledge is paralysis and ignorance is bliss, but diabetes is the worst. I don't care if Paula Dean has it. And that's what all of this will get you, a big fat diagnosis of diabetes and Wilford Brimley knocking on your door with your diabetes supplies in hand, knocking on the front doors of Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, who maybe shouldn't have fried and eaten so many of their relatives after all, delivering to them their new updated 21st century version mix and match accessories. Like the new Mr. Potato Head colostomy bag or the new Mrs. Potato Head electrified wheelchair or their new matching Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head family insulin injection kits and glucose monitors. That's what the potato heads of the future will come with. Not little eyes and noses and purses and hands, but amputatable feet and fingers and eyes that you can make go blind and their little arms will be pre-punched with holes for sticking in syringes of insulin and matching Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head caskets. Extra wide and fully compostable, but sold separately. Only I'm not so sure that they're going to be potatoes anymore. The potato almost now seems too petite, too svelte. Maybe it's going to be Mr. and Mrs. Watermelon Head or maybe Mr. and Mrs. Kabocha Squash Head since some people might find my watermelon reference a little insensitive. And these products aren't going to be too far in the future if I have anything to do with it because we'll use them as props when Let's Get Real goes to TV and I can finally fully take over your brain to the next level like the super brain in A Wrinkle in Time. In fact, if you'd like to see a glimpse of what Let's Get Real TV will look like, you can go to my site. Oh, did I say this already? Let's Get Real Show.com. Click on Watch and check out the reel. And Amy Poehler, if you're listening, this is for you. You'll love it. Anyway, but getting back to what's really important, which is the selling of my show. I mean, the risk of knowing anything means you have to make decisions instead of just accepting what's given to you. And decisions are hard, especially since we have a massive illusion of choice in this country. We have to choose between the orange or the blue or the pink or the purple Gatorade instead of not drinking it at all and rejecting it when it's offered to you. Or visiting your friend's grandma and she offers you a tuna salad sandwich and you have to claim a stomach ache because you don't want to eat the mercury in the tuna. The reality is that once you know something, the only choice is reality because it's already been made for you. I'm sorry. I know. It really sucks. And you have to live with the consequences of reality of being at the gym and everybody's drinking purple and green drinks from plastic bottles and you're only drinking water out of the tap that you put in your refillable water bottle. Are they going to be better athletes than you? Are they going to be bigger or smaller or tighter or buffer or stronger? Or are you confident enough in your convictions, unbrainwashed enough by foodiness to know that unless you're running marathons on the treadmill, Plain old water is just fine for you. 
Think about the money and the plastic that you're saving by just filling up your refillable water bottle from the water fountain. I mean, save up all that money and use it to put injectable plastic into your butt when all those squats finally stop working for you. Or if someone invites you out to dinner or to a restaurant and they order or they serve something like tuna, you know, because you're an enlightened, liberal, let's get real listener, what foodiness has turned tuna into or what the world has turned tuna into. And it's bad news and you don't have to eat it and you don't have to order it. You could instead just drink martinis for dinner like they did in the old days before we had cotton candy flavored vodka. And it won't take as many of them to get wasted because you'll be drinking them on an empty stomach and even you can feel good about that. Socially conscious even. And you could even be a let's get real disciple. I will be recruiting an army of disciples shortly. We're going to be like Mormons out on missions and we're going to spread the good news. I'm going to print up a book like the Book of Mormon, but all about foodiness. And maybe we'll even have like our angel, like the Mormons have the angel Moroni, M-O-R-O-N-I, but we're going to leave the I off at the end. And I'm going to have this army of missionaries and they're going to spread out around the world or, or maybe publicists or consultants even, whatever works. Fighting the foodiness fight on all the continents. I can even get that skinny kid in Africa who keeps rejecting the rice that my liberal guilt dollar keeps paying for. She can be our Africa rep. Maybe we need to get her a Twitter account. Where, wait, where's my phone? Hi, Alice, you got that? Get that kid a Twitter account and get her to start following us, okay? Where was I? Oh, yeah. Waking up about food is like being born, but you're being reborn. Once you were floating in a warm, salty, dark little self-contained sea. It was crowded, but you were content. It was cozy in there. And then suddenly and violently you were thrust out into the horror of life. And it was noisy and cold and full of human potatoes and it's and and it was only going to get much worse from there and the first thing that happens the first thing someone does to you after you're born like that is they throw you on a scale i mean seriously i was just born do you have to weigh me and then they stick a bottle of baby foodiness formula in your mouth i mean it's a wonder any of us actually survive to reproduce and you know what it never changes after that Someone is always making you get on a scale, literal or metaphorical, and someone else is always trying to stick a bottle of formula in your mouth. You remember my show about infantilization? It was called You're Being Infantilized by Your Fiber Bars. You see? You get it now? Foodiness is simply a function of the cycle of infantilization. Knowing what you're being fed and learning when and how to say no and make choices is what adulthood is actually about. Not being fed cupcakes out of cupcake ATMs, which they're now planning to put all over Manhattan so the tourists keep well fed. So maybe they'll stay out of our favorite restaurants. You get it? Okay, so if you don't get it, what I want you to do is go rent Wally. You know I talk about Wally a lot, okay? You're going to go rent Wally, and then you're going to write me a book report. I'm totally serious here, okay? We're having a little Let's Get Real contest. The first listener to send in a Wally book report and relate it to Let's Get Real, we'll get their book report read live on air next week. I'm totally serious. Send it in. You have one week. The assignment is due in a week. 
So what to do? How do you get real? I know I said earlier in the show that I was going to purge myself of all my food knowledge and I was only going to survive on Pringles and Power Bars and Gatorade and Snooky Marshmallow Vodka going forward, but you had to have known I was lying. Alas, I can't. I'm all talk. What's that expression? You can't keep them down in the foodiness aisle once they've seen the farmer's market or something like that. I'm brainwashed, I know, but at least I'm brainwashed in the good way, the right way. And orthorexia nervosa be damned. I'm going to eat at least, I don't know, 12 or 15 different foods at a minimum. It's what I always say. Just eat real food. Real, 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 damn it, real food. If it walked, swam, flew, or grew, it's real. Now, of course, tuna is real, but don't eat that. Because it's about to be extinct and it's full of mercury and you know that. And salmon is real, but you're usually being fed farm salmon, which is bad for you. So don't eat that. And strawberries are real, but they're toxic with pesticides. You probably shouldn't even eat those either. And here we are again down the you know too much rabbit hole. And I claim that it was simple, but it wasn't really that simple. How else was I going to get you to listen anyway? It's kind of like voting, right? You knew enough to vote for Ralph Nader, but you got Bush instead because of it. Now things have gotten complex. But you know what? We wouldn't have gotten Obama if it weren't for Bush. Now we know Obama's not perfect, but he's a black Muslim socialist, so that's progress. What makes facing reality reality like this... Sorry. What makes facing reality like this okay or tolerable or I dare say even great, is that you can still feel smug and superior, which is really the primary goal of the American dream, the great democracy. And since you'll probably be thinner, which is also the second goal of the great American dream, you'll be able to live a happy American life. It's kind of like living in agrestic Remember Agrestic from Weeds? The, before Nancy burned it down, of course. And unlike someone like Karen Carpenter, your type of eating disorder is something to be proud of, as long as you don't die from it. So don't be a potato head. Wake up, escape the matrix, stop eating sand. Get up, get out of your Wally moving chairs with the Facebook screen attached to it, and get outside and find yourself some real food. Don't spin out into a vortex of voices fighting in your head. Just eat something real. Whatever it is, if it's real food, it's going to be better than foodiness, no matter what. Even toxic strawberries are better than strawberry-flavored zero-calorie sports drinks. I'll say no more. So maybe Schoolhouse Rocky was right. Maybe he did actually know what he was talking about. Maybe zero really is my hero and three is a magic number that I can enrich my life with adverbs and that the U.S. government is a perfect system of checks and balances and that the president can sign bills into law. I'm hungry. I have to go eat my almonds and kale now. That's all I can really take for the week. Now, go work on those book reports and remember, ignorance is only bliss until they amputate your feet. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. 
You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.